Increasingly these days, I am learning more from my students than I think I'm teaching them. Especially in this woke age, I am always in awe of their knowledge and their fairness and their open-minded approach to, you know, what's happening in the world. Welcome to Season 5 of Spotlight, the Meet the Talent series. Join us as we chat with industry professionals who will be leading some of the arts programs on offer in 2021 for teachers and students. Sally Dashwood is a performer, choreographer and director of Australia's premier female tap dance company, Girls on Tap. Sally has worked as an artistic director of La Bohème and choreographed Packerman's Legally Blonde, was assistant director on Opera Australia's production of Two Weddings, One Bride, and assistant choreographer and dance captain on Carmen on Sydney Harbour. Her other credits include Fame, the musical, Happy Feet 2, and the assistant to the creative director's squared division on The X Factor. Sally has danced for artists including Kylie Minogue, Olivia Newton-John, Delta Goodrum, Megan Trainer, Red Foo, and Samantha Jade, just to name a few. Sally joins us as the resident choreographer for the Let's Dance program in 2021. Thank you so much for doing this. We're really excited to have you and have this, uh, this moment to chat. How did you find your feet in the industry? Oh, you're assuming that I've found them. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I was quite fortunate. I, you know, I was a kid just like a lot of other kids that grew up in a dance school from the age of four or five you know, I went to Capital Performance Studios, which is in Hornsby, and then I did the big dramatic move to Brent Street when I was about 15. Then I did another big dramatic thing and I decided not to go to full-time at Brent Street because I already went there. I just kind of wanted to have some different training and live my life because I was 18. <laughs> so then I uh, moved, uh, moved to Melbourne and I went to uh, Dance World, did another dramatic thing, and I didn't finish my diploma but I went and trained with a man named Robert Storick, who was a fantastic dancer, still is a fantastic dancer and choreographer and a, has a great reputation as a really good teacher. Then I joined Grey Boy Agency, moved back to Sydney. I think that had a large part to do with how, how I got re-established in Sydney, but also I just went to class five times a week and I worked really hard and eventually I think enough people went, oh, hey, she's got the goods and she's a hard worker and she seems like a nice person and employed me. And I think that's probably why I got what I think of as my first big break, which was Fame the Musical with Kelly Abbey as director and choreographer. If you want to get a big contract or any gig as a dancer, you need to have the level of strength and fitness to support that. You need to be training all the time. Plus, it's a great way to network in a really kind of good, wholesome way where you're face-to-face, -face, you're creating a relationship with a choreographer. Um, what are some of your career highlights? They're just having a career as a highlight, I think. Uh, there's some really big ones. Like the thing that most people want to talk about is So You Think You Can Dance. So that's that was a highlight in terms of it's a big gig, it's on television, it's quite a, an achievement to even get into the top 20. That's a gruelling week of dance. The feeling of elation that I experienced getting in haven't really equaled many other times. It was similar to when I first found out I got into fame. 
it was similar when I was 14, 15 and danced in the 2000 Olympic opening ceremony. That, that rush of adrenaline has never, I've never felt the same thing. Happy Feet 2 was a great gig. It was like seven months of filming, 10 hours a day with Dean Perry as choreographer. I found myself, this was probably the first time this happened, but I was in a room with about 15 other dancers. I think probably about 12 of them had taught me when I was young. I was kind of just there dancing next to them. Yeah. Filming something with in a motion capture style is a crazy and weird experience. Probably one of the bigger ones, but I've had so many. I'm very lucky. Um, Who do you think inspired you to originally dance? Well, I've got two big sisters. I'm the third of three girls. My sisters both danced. I did everything that Joe did. Like she was the one that first inspired me to do dancing because I'd go along with mum or dad and pick her up from dancing and I'd see how much fun the kids were having. And then I guess early days was my my dance teachers, Glenn Dumbrell, Kerry Dumbrell, and like we were really lucky we had lots of amazing teachers. What's your creative process like? It changes. I, you know, I've worked for people like Kelly Abbey and the Square Division and I've been their assistant, so I've been the one that's like had to be across every fingernail and eyelash and every movement on each count and they have great processes I think I'm really a combination of all the people that I've kind of assisted, like Robert Story, uh, Juliet Byrne, Jet, Veronica Beattie. Like there's so many people that I've been able to assist and I've sort of realised that my creative process is like a little bit of all of those. I just choreographed a short film. I was really driven by story for this particular gig, for the storytelling of what happens and what we need to achieve in that scene. Other times I'm just really inspired by the piece of music. But I guess the thing that is um, consistent is the storytelling element for me. And I don't really want to do stuff unless I'm saying something. And as far as choreography goes, I definitely prefer to be in the room choreographing on bodies. I'm not really one of those people that likes to think of it in a room on my own and write it down. I prefer to have the people there. And then if it's something that I need to be really prepared for, I will have a plan. A bit of a shell. I might make up dance breaks because I think it's always, you know, a good idea to come, you know, like if you're choreographing a musical, you can't just do the whole thing on the fly. We don't often have enough time. So unfortunately, so yeah, have a bit of a plan. Some of the steps are all worked out and then very much love to call it in the moment. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, What do you think motivates you? Yeah, I think the thing that most motivates me is the people around me, them moving forward or, you know, with Girls on Tap, sometimes I find it hard because it's all me that's driving it. I feel a little bit of responsibility because I'm putting myself up and saying we are the female tap. So I sort of feel this responsibility in a way, which I think motivates me the most. And then I get tired and it gets hard sometimes. And I think, yeah, the thing that keeps me going is other people, either my need to train them in a style so that they're ready for me to employ and use or the other people around me that I look up to and um, I am inspired by, which is so many of my really good friends. So I'm surrounded by talented, very driven people a lot of the time increasingly these days I am learning more from my students than I think I'm teaching them yeah especially in this woke age I am always in awe of their knowledge and their fairness and their open-minded approach to you know what's happening in the world 
I don't think we often give them that enough credit for that. Mm -hmm. So I try to do that with my students. The uh, best advice you've ever been given? Uh, I guess from my mum. I'm a parent now, so I have two little kids. They're two and a half and almost one. And I'm still trying to do the industry. So they often will get kind of dragged along to things, rehearsal class, you know, my mum um, said to me once, like, well, it's going to be hard, so just get it, just do it. You're going to feel guilty about things, just get it done. And I think that's like a good approach to kind of approach anything. Like, you're going to feel a certain way. You can't please everyone. You just have to do what you do. And that's been my lesson over the last, I don't know, couple of years. Yeah. Kelly, Abby once said to me that she was telling me about herself. She's had this amazing career that we all look up to. And she kind of said, oh, I was never ambitious. Mm. but I've had this great career she was like I just wanted I just turned up and I wanted to be good mm. and I think that's really great advice yeah. like especially with all the you know with the socials and all the online stuff it's really easy to let your ambition drive your behavior but yeah. ultimately we just have to turn up and do a good job yeah people will want to work with you if you do that and then some people won't yeah. so I think that's the best approach is like just do your best every day yeah. What's one message that you would give to your audience or your students? So with Girls on Tap, you know, it took me a while to kind of evolve that to a point that I went, oh, this is the reason why I'm doing this. It's girl power. Well, not girl power, but also, you know, equality, whatever that means. I'm now in this position where I can pick a cast of talented people and as long as they've got the skill set, you know, they can be any shape, size, colour that I want. Yeah. So my thing at the moment is like kind of embracing uh, what's different about us, accepting people for that, and also everyone's equal. I guess that's my main point. You know, it's a fun tap show that I've created, but it's also it's got this underlying cool message of like you can be whatever you want. Has um, technology impacted your artistry in any way? So I think because this was a recent thing and I just brought it up, I just choreographed a short film called Mum Life, a musical. There's a character in there that's, you know, a bit of an influencer, bestie, best friend of the lead character. One of his numbers I choreographed like it was a TikTok. So there was a lot of, like, fun experimenting in my bedroom with different outfits and, like, cutting together the different, um, you know, using those kind of edits and cuts that people do so well and so easily on um, social media. So I guess, yeah, it, it influenced because it is part of our lives. So if we're telling a story about something that happens in 2021, then we're going to, like, you know, what it, the aesthetic is going to reflect that. Apart from that, I don't actually... I don't feel like anything has changed for me because I think ultimately we what we do is happens in the room. So yeah. whether or not it's filmed or done in a different way, then you've got to just turn up and dance. Yeah. So I think, yeah, in that way it hasn't actually changed. Like we're still doing the same thing people did 50 years ago, dancing sure. in a studio on a stage. If Girls on Tap got the call for any artist to open the show, who would it be? So I... <laughs> I've thought about this one a lot because I'm like, well, my ego says we don't open the show for someone else. We are the <laughs> But <laughs> um, I think it would have to be someone like Hugh Jackman. Like Hugh, Hugh always includes a bit of tap in his shows, Rhonda Birchmore, like any of those like great kind of variety artists that sing, dance, do a little bit of a tap in there. Yeah. And then I thought, I thought also like it would be appropriate if they're it to open like you know an 
a festival about women or empowerment or something yeah. like that, we'd probably be a good headlining act. Um, now, what can the uh, Sydney Catholic School students and the teachers expect in the up-and-coming Let's Dance project that you're heading up for us this year? I'm pretty open to learning from my, you know, from students and um, younger dancers. I think, like in my own classes that I teach regularly, I'm always kind of more in awe of what I am shown, and I just am there to kind of shape what that is and offer whatever experience I've had to help shape what that is. So whether it's like in film or on stage or choreography or direction, I'm probably always going to look for the reason behind why we're doing things, the meaning, a theme or a story. Ultimately, if we have the privilege of being able to dance, we should use that for a reason. And it doesn't have to be, it can be abstract, it can be literal, it's whatever, but we need to at least connect to what we're doing so have a reason behind what that is. So I guess I'll just be there prodding and poking. Yeah, and I also I also really love in my career to kind of um, work with people on just enhancing and kind of massaging out the great stuff that they already have within them and finding ways to get that out. Now, the um, Sydney Catholic Schools are doing a production of Fame, so I'm <sighs> wondering if you have any advice for the students. Connect every single bit of movement back to what the theme is always. I think that's important in musical theatre. You might think that you're just a person carrying a book, walking down a hallway in a scene. If you connect that to what your character is doing, then the story is going to hit the audience in the face a bit more. Also, look at what's happening in the scene. Think about what time the musical is set. This is kind of, I guess, general great advice for any musical theatre performer. Yeah. What's happening in the world at the time that the musical is set. Don't stop researching. Don't go, oh, I'm in the ensemble and be happy with that. No, you're an integral part of the musical, so give your character a name. Give them a backstory. Find relationships with other characters, and the more that that happens within a show, the more we feel what you're feeling, and therefore you've, I don't know, touched your audience and done something really good. And then it's more fun as well. We so look forward to, to welcoming you to the Let's Dance series this year. And again, thanks so much for today. Thanks for your time and those pearls of wisdom. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Learning from my so mistakes, awesome. I think it's called. It's called. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs>